You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Thank you so much. Welcome to church, everybody. Good morning. I'm so glad that you made it. For all of you watching online, we are so glad that you tuned in, and so for our friends all over the world and joining us, some of you are just uh, just too afraid to get out in a little bit of cold weather. For the rest of us, though, it's nice to be here, and we're thankful that you saved us a seat. So uh, you open up a seat for us, and we're glad that you're not here. No, I'm just kidding. If you're watching us online, don't forget to like, to share, uh, to subscribe, hit that comment button. Let us know where you're watching from. It's always a cool thing to kind of see where the message from Longview, Texas is going out all around the world, and we'd like to celebrate that with you if you'll be happy enough to, to, to grace us with your social media influence for just a few moments. Uh, it's always making a big difference, and, uh, and we appreciate that very much. I also want to say thank you for your generosity. You guys are an amazing giving church. We are very, very rapidly paying off the debt on this building. I'm so happy to report that we are now like in the $400,000 range away from paying this building off. That is going to happen, and I cannot wait to be able to celebrate that day with you. The Bible says we are to run from debt, and baby, we are running from debt, and I'm so thankful that we have a generous church that can help us to be able to do that. God's doing some great things, so I'm glad that you're able to be a part of it. Grab your Bibles if you would. I want to spend some time in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 66, Isaiah 66. If you're new to the Bible, man, right in the middle, take a little left, and you should be right there. It's the very last book of Isaiah. And as we're doing that, I wanted to say, if you have not been baptized yet, today is Baptism Sunday. If you've never seen people get baptized, you're going to want to be a part of that. It's awesome, awesome to, people, to just watch people make a public declaration that Jesus is the Lord of their life and they're not living in the shadows anymore. I love that. Such a big deal. I love watching people take steps for the Lord. And so I want you to be a part of that. If you've not been baptized, hey, sign up, highridgelv.com slash sign up. We will get you in there today. That water is warm. We turned the heat on it yesterday. And if nothing else, man, if you're looking for some warm water, it's a good time to just take a little break, get a little hot tub for Jesus. I don't know where I'm going with that. Isaiah chapter 66. I want to bring a message today called the long lost recipe. The long lost recipe. Now there are some things that, uh, that probably some recipes that might, might should be lost. There are some things that like, you know what? That, that needs to die out with gam gam. That needs to just go away. Nobody eats that anymore. There's some other things that they just kind of stood the test of time. Like, that's good. It's going to always be good. There are some things, though, that I, I watched my grandparents eat and my parents eat, and I thought, you are nasty. How could you? And I understand they come from a different time period. There, there was a time in our, in our country and in our, in our uh, ancestors where they only ate what was available. And I get it. It was tough times, and, and tough times call for for some tough decisions, and they ate some things, and I thought, I, I wouldn't eat that. We don't live in those times, and you don't have to eat, but there's something to be said for when they start eating those things that they don't have to eat anymore. They choose to eat those things, and ugh. I remember watching, watching my grandmother. My grandmother would sit down there to, to watch her Will of Fortune or whatever it was at the, end of, at the end of her day, and she would sit down with a big ice-cold glass of buttermilk, and she would take cornbread and crumble it up in the buttermilk, and then start stirring around with a big long spoon and just start spooning that out. And I'm like, ah. Like the whole house just smelled like that sour ranch. Like you're drinking ranch. That's what that is. And some of you are like, I could get behind that. You, come on. No. No. And then, you know, watching, watching my grandfather eat like that sauerkraut and weenies. Like don't defend that. Don't defend that. Don't. And just between the 
pickled cabbage and buttermilk, you're like, this house reeks. This is nasty. No one deserves to be punished with that as their punishment. Don't eat that. Now, I get it. You know, they, they thought it was a delicacy. It's a big deal. But I'm like, we, no, don't eat that. Don't eat that at all. No one, no one needs to eat that. Now, there are some people that would still defend it. I get it. I get it. Uh, but you're weird. Now, there are some things that, that I grew up eating that my children won't touch. There are some things that I think, like, what is wrong with you? This is great. But, but it just doesn't translate to the next generation like meatloaf. I think meatloaf is great. I enjoy it. But my kids are like, what is, no, no. I'm, it's meat. How could you not love this? This is great. No, they're not, they're not about it. Uh, my children, until they were about 10 years old, did not understand that chickens have bones. Some of you, that's revelation. Wait, what? what? They're not just strips and tendies? <laughs> not just nug nugs? <laughs> like, no, there's bones. I remember when we, we pulled up to a chicken place one time to get them uh, some chicken, and the, the lady said, it's going to be about 15 minutes for our strips. We, we do have chicken on the bone. I'm like, sweet. Like, give them a couple of, of chicken legs. Like, they'll love it. They did not. They did not. Daddy, something's wrong with this chicken. I, I realized I'd never given them chicken on the bone. I thought it'd be great. I love chicken on the bone. Why would you not? They did not. And uh, I learned a very valuable lesson. Like they, from that moment on, they're like, there's hard things in this. They don't trust me anymore. Like, okay. Now there, there are some things that have stood the test of time that are just good. There are some things that they need to go away, but there are some things in God's word, some spiritual principles that God's word says, this is critical, important that don't necessarily translate to our culture today. There are things that we think, like, you know what? That's old-fashioned. That's, that's played out. I don't like that. That, that doesn't really fit with who I am and who I want to be. I like the parts of the Bible that I agree with that feel like they empower me, the things that I want, but the things that God's Word says that I don't really agree with, eh, let's just leave those back there. But when we choose to only accept the parts that we like or that agree with our culture, we eliminate some powerful truths that have stood the test of time. We understand something wonderful when we grasp this simple concept that just because it's old-fashioned doesn't mean it doesn't work. Just because it's old-fashioned doesn't mean it doesn't work. There are plenty of things that God's word has shown us. They supersede culture and time. And if it worked back then, it still works today. Now, it may not be as sexy. It may not be as culturally appropriate, but it works. And in this chapter, in Isaiah 66, the Lord makes this curious statement. And when he does, uh, you have to understand within the context of what he's saying, how he, it gives us the recipe for something special for our lives. And so I want to dig into uh, to Isaiah chapter 66 and, and show us uh, some timeless principles that still apply to us today. And I think this is going to help you. This is important. If you'll pay attention to this, this is, this is good. So within the context of Isaiah 66, the Lord is, uh, the Lord is using Isaiah to kind of spank his people again, which is kind of a recurring theme throughout the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is just pronouncing judgment after judgment after judgment. Like, this is bad. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. And, uh, and it just gets, goes from bad to worse. If you know the book of Isaiah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but in this particular chapter, the Lord is dealing with a simple fact that his people had made an idol of the temple. And they're like, look, this is how we know that we have the favor of God, the blessing of God, because look at our church. Look at this beautiful building. And the Lord begins to rebuke him like, you've made an idol out of a building. It's not the building that gives you God's favor. It's me. The Lord's saying, 
What happens when I look upon my people with favor, it's not how great of a church building that they have. How ridiculous is that? And the Lord begins to kind of uh, contradict their view that just because we have a cool building or a nice thing that we can look back and say it's a monument to our relationship with the Lord, like that doesn't really mean anything to me. You've made an idol out of a building. And the Lord makes this statement in the second verse. And I wanna just focus on this one verse today because this is important. The Lord says this, these are the ones that I look on with favor. It's not about the building, it's the people. He said, these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are, look at this, humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. I wanna make sure that I leave that on the screen for just a moment because this is critical for the rest of this year. The Lord says, these, these are the people that I look on with favor. It's not the building, it's the people and it's the condition of their hearts. And these are the people that receive my favor, those who have a humble and contrite spirit and those who tremble at my word. Within just a few of those things, we see that there is some powerful ingredients. God gives us the recipe for experiencing special things. God lays out some ingredients that are necessary to really find his favor. Now, I believe all of us in this place want to experience the favor of the Lord. I don't think there's a person on the planet that wouldn't say, I would like for the Lord to be nice to me. I would like for the Lord to bless me. I would like for the Lord to bless my children or my family or my business or my finances. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. The Lord says, you know what? The ones that I'm looking on with favor, they have these things. And when we start looking at what God is actually looking for, we unlock the secret to walking in his favor. It's not the building. It's not the things that we've done or built. It's the condition of our hearts. So as we're bringing this message today called the long lost recipe, I was kind of drawn to this idea of, uh, of, of what it means to kind of have the, the missing ingredients that might not be uh, culturally popular, but are still biblically accurate. And I saw a video on TikTok a while back where someone made cake with two ingredients. And I'm like, man, even I couldn't mess that up. And the two ingredients that they, that they put into this cake uh, was self-rising flour and ice cream. Now I have your attention. Like, that sounds amazing. That's because we've all been fasting this past week and uh, that sounds legit. And so you take ice cream, any flavor that you want, your favorite flavor, and you kind of melt it down, pour it in a bowl, add self-rising flour, mix it up all together, put it in a baking pan, put it in the oven for three, at 350, and then out comes this beautiful like cake bread loaf. Two ingredients to make something amazing. And the Lord says, to experience my favor, there's some things that are necessary in the lives of my people. These are the things that unlock these timeless principles from the word of God. I want to experience his favor, and so do you. What does it mean to have the favor of God? What does it look like? How would I know that I've, that I've put the things into my life in place that the Lord is asking me to, to put in place of my life? And so the Lord gives us those ingredients. He says, I'm looking for a, a humble heart, a contrite spirit, and for those that tremble at my word. The condition of our hearts, the willingness that we have to be obedient to whatever it is that God says. And so over the past week, we've been fasting and praying and asking the Lord to give us a word. We've been in anticipation of receiving something from the Lord. We've been repenting, laying ourselves down before the Lord, asking that he would come. And that positions us to receive favor, great favor from the Lord. 
There's three different things I want to share with you that I feel like are important for us out of this text. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down, but three things that I I believe are are critical for us to experience the favor of the Lord. Number one, if you're a note taker, write this down. Every year can be the year of the Lord's favor. Every year. Every year can be the year of the Lord's favor. Now, at the beginning of this verse, the Lord says, these are the ones that I look upon with favor. Original language would translate better this way. These are the people that catch my eye and I'm watching every detail of their life to see opportunities to bless them. I don't know about you, but that excites me because I want that to be said of me. I want the Lord to look at every detail of my life and just look for opportunities to bless me. That sounds pretty awesome. You should want that. I want that for you. I want you to experience the full favor of God. I want God looking at your life. And I don't want you to be nervous about that. Some of us, when we think, I don't want God really looking too close at my life because there's so much in my life that I just, please don't look at me, Lord. Like it's the hunchback of Notre Dame kind of turned away. I'm hideous. I don't want you to see me. Like, no, no, no. I want to live a life in full view of everything that the Lord is is looking at my life. I want just to be be in full view, transparent before him. And for the Lord to be able to say, "I, I want to bless this. I want to bless that. I want to bless this. I want to bless that. It's possible for us to live lives. The Lord says, these are the people that look upon with favor, and I just look for opportunities to connect with them and to, and to bless them. I hope that you want that as much as I do. Now, there are several things that I love about my wife, and there are several things that she loves about me, more than just being incredibly good looking. She also loves, what are you laughing at? <laughs> she, she and I both, both share some things in common. Uh, we, we are not natural extroverts. It, it may seem that way, uh, because I'm, I'm a pastor and I speak in front of a lot of people. I spend a lot of time with people. I don't really like people that much. I like her. I like my family. I love being alone. There are, there are only, uh, there's only so much of peopling I can take until I'm like, I, I need to like disconnect for just a minute. I get a little overwhelmed. You get a little overstimulated. There's too much going on and I love people, but I'm not extrovert. Some people like being around people just fuels you. Like the rest of us, like we don't understand that. I can do it if I have to, but I'm not naturally bent that way. Where are my people that are introverts? Where are we at? Come on. Some of us are like. Where are my extroverts at? You're raising both hands like you Pentecostal. Come on. Like, woo! We're going to sign you up for greeting. We need you greeting next Sunday. But one of the things I love the most about my wife is that we're in a, when we're in a crowded space, when we're at a party or at an event or at a, a church conference or somewhere that there's a lot of people at an airport, I can scan the crowd and I'll find her eyes. And she can scan the crowd and she'll find my eyes. I'm always looking for her. She's always looking for me. And one of the best moments of my life is when I look across a crowd of people and I see those blue eyes staring back at me. She goes, some of you that have been married for a while know exactly what that head nod means. Like, you want to get out of here? I'm like, yeah, let's go. I've made an appearance. I've said hello. I've done my things. Like, you want to get out of here? Absolutely. I always want to get out of here. But I love that I can catch her eye at any moment because we have a connection where I know that I can find her and she can find me. And that only comes with intimacy and trust and knowing each other's looks. And the Lord's saying, these are the people that catch my favor. These are the people that catch my eye. I'm looking for every opportunity to connect with them and to find ways to bless them. Every year can be the year of the Lord's favor. Every year can be a time where we catch his eye, where he finds opportunities to bless his people. These are the people that catch the eye of God. Here's what I say. Uh, God has favorites 
And we get to choose whether or not we're one of them. That's important for you to know. Does God have favorites? Yes. How do I get to be one of his favorites? It's your choice. God says, I'm looking for people who are humble and contrite in heart. Looking for those that tremble at my word. So, of course, that's Old Testament, Isaiah 66, Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus echoes this, but takes it to a, a brand new level. When Jesus shows up and preaches his very first sermon at the synagogue, it causes a big stir because he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He lists out the things he's about to accomplish, and he says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Saying the spirit that Isaiah prophesied about is now alive and well within the person and the mission of Jesus. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. Now, I don't believe that Jesus was speaking just of that year alone. He's speaking of what happens when we have a relationship with him. Jesus is saying, I'm going to go to the cross so that when the Lord looks at his people's life, he doesn't see their sin. He doesn't see their iniquity. He doesn't see their failures and shortcomings and faults and all the ways that they've fallen short and rebelled against him. Because of Jesus' blood on the cross, he can look at us and say, I'm going to look at every detail of their life and look for opportunities to bless them. The only way that we can experience the favor of God, the year of the Lord's favor, is through the blood of Jesus, our relationship with him. What does that show me? It shows me this, that your relationship with God through Jesus means that God's favor is always in season. Every year can be the year of the Lord's favor, depending upon your relationship with the Lord and the condition of your heart, your willingness to listen to what he has to say. Here's the second key I want to share with you. Number two, it may, it may not be uh, culturally accepted, but humility and brokenness still matter a lot. A lot. Now, uh, in our culture today, humility and brokenness, it's not something to be, uh, to be desired for most people. Humility and brokenness is, is, is more of an invitation to be trampled on. Not something to aspire to. It goes completely in the opposite direction. It contradicts what our world would say is, is something to achieve. Humility and brokenness? No, no, no. That means that people are going to pick on me. I'm going to become a doormat. And so we've rejected that as part of the things that we accept as, as, as a position of our hearts. No, I want you self-confident and I want you ready to go. I want you hustling and grinding. Or we can recognize the simple fact that there's a long lost recipe for the favor of God and it's the condition of our hearts. And it's not about how much you hustle, how much you're grinding, how fast you're going, the momentum that you're experiencing. Those are all wonderful things but they don't unlock the favor of God without humility and brokenness. Humility and brokenness are always in season. It's always the right ingredient. What does that look like today? What does it mean to have a humble and contrite spirit? In the original language, it means uh, to be lame, to be lame. Now, uh, my interpretation of the word lame may be different than yours because uh, it may mean, you know, an animal came up lame. It has a, a broken leg. Well, I need my legs. I don't want to break anything. I, I, I don't want to be lame. But in my generation, when we call a person lame, that means we don't like you. You're kind of lame. You're not willing to party with us. You're not, you're not a person that we want to hang out with. That's lame. 
But biblically, it doesn't refer to your leg or your attitude or your popularity. Biblically, lame means a broken spirit. A broken and submitted spirit. It means a a different attitude. I'm not in control. He's in control. My will has been broken. Some of you have had to raise strong-willed children. Some of you were strong-willed children. Some of us had a hard time with discipline. Some of us uh, had a hard time disciplining our children. You got that one that just like, they will not. And they've got that spirit that just inside of them is just, no. And it takes a lot to convince them and to get them going in the right direction. Otherwise, I've had to to have the conversation like, you're going to end up in prison. You don't listen. This is what happens. There are consequences for that strong will that will not listen. And the same is true for us in the kingdom of God. There are consequences for a strong will that won't listen. The Lord says, you want my favor? I'm looking for a broken spirit. I'm looking for someone that submits to the authority of the word of God. See, a broken spirit is one who has rejected their own will and is constantly looking to please the Lord, not themselves. I want to make sure that you see that. I'll leave that on the screen for just a moment. I want to experience the favor of the Lord. I want God to bless a lot of things in my life. You have to understand this first. It's a broken spirit. I had a friend of mine uh, when I was much younger. Uh, I was between 10 and 12, and uh, he would... He would call me on Saturdays and say, why don't you come over to my place and we could ride horses together. And I loved that. We'd get together and he had several horses and had a big ranch and we would just get on horses and just ride until the sun went down. And it was awesome. Great way to spend the summer riding horses in, in North Texas. And so uh, I remember how many Saturdays we went out there and did stuff like that. And uh, one of these days I, I came, uh, this particular day I came to his place and he said, I want you to ride Lady J today. And so I'd ridden her before, but this was, uh, this was uh, just a special day, I guess, for her because she wasn't feeling it. And so we were riding around and I could just tell that she just, she just kind of would get a whiff of something or didn't like it. She was uncomfortable. She just didn't feel like she wanted to do whatever and, and whatever I was asking. So I, we get towards the end of the day and he says, you want to run her for a little bit? And I'm like, heck yes, I want to run this thing. Let's run her. And so he took off and I took off and we were racing back and forth. Well, she decided she wasn't doing it no more. And she starts bucket. And let me just tell you, when you're 10 or 11 years old, hanging on for dear life, like there's some, there's some, there's some come to Jesus moments that I can look back on when I'm like, I need you to come through right now, Lord, I'm about to die. Well, she ends up bucking me over her head and I fly off this horse. I end up landing squarely on my back on a rock. And let me just tell you, until you've had the wind knocked out of you like that, there's, there's, there's very few things that can compare because it's about two full minutes where you're just going, I'm going to breathe eventually. And then, oh God. And there are things that pop in your mind in this moment of like, what did I do wrong? Am I okay? Can I breathe? Can I walk? Can I feel my extremity? And then you have that that statement that pops into your mind. When you get bucked off a horse, you got to get right back on. That is the dumbest thing that I could have ever processed. Like That's not happening. I will walk. This thing thing could just go. I I don't care. I will shoot this horse right now. But I'm not getting back up on that thing. Now, in the context of that story, I think you can visualize yourself with me of what it means to get bucked off a horse, but I don't want you to really see yourself on the horse. We need to see ourselves as the horse. Because this is what the Lord is saying. I, I want someone that has the strength to submit their will. 
You've got power, you've got strength, you might have some money, you might have great toys, but to lay those things at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I want what you want over my toys, over my success, over my agenda, over my impressing my neighbors. I want what you want. The Lord's saying, I'm looking for that. Those are the kind of people that I bless, those that have submitted themselves to me and that trust me to direct their lives. Lady J did not trust me. She wasn't having it. And I wonder how many of us have negated the favor of the Lord on our lives because we want to be in, in control. We want to be in charge. We want to pick and choose the things that we'll submit to. I want you to experience the full favor of the Lord this season. But there's a submission that happens in our hearts. You see, it's only when we've laid aside our will that we ever find his. I want you to find God's will for your life, but you're gonna have to lay yours down. That comes in submission and prayer. When you're spending quiet time with the Lord, say stuff like, Lord, I submit my day to you. Lord, I submit my schedule to you. Lord, I submit my bank account to you. It's not my money. I'm just a manager of it. You tell me how to manage these finances. I wanna honor you with this. When you start thinking and praying and operating in that kind of spirit, the Lord says, I'm gonna bless that. This is the year of the Lord's favor. And because of our relationship with Jesus, because of our brokenness and a contrite spirit, you can experience things that you've only dreamed of. I'm living proof. I want God's favor, and so do you. Here's the final thing I wanna, I wanna share with you. Number three, obedience to God's word unlocks favor. Obedience to God's word unlocks favor. This is what the Lord says in, in, that, in that second verse. He says, those that tremble at my word. Now, you might hear the, hear the word tremble and say, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened of it. That's not the picture that the original language paints. It's, it's in awe and it's in reverence. It's an expectation. It's in anticipation of God's word being spoken. God says, I love that. I love when people have positioned themselves where they want to listen to nothing else but whatever it is that I say. Over this past week, we've done that. We've, we've positioned our hearts with repentance, with confession of sin, with asking the Lord to forgive us, asking the Lord to speak. We've positioned ourselves to receive that word. And once you receive words from the Lord and direction from the Lord, now it's just about doing it, stepping out in faith, believing that what God said is better than what you want. I've learned that I, I have to hear from him to be able to make anything happen. I love what John says. He said, Lord, you've, you must increase and I must decrease. I need this. I need there to be less of me. It's more valuable to have more of you. Now, I'm a, I'm a dog lover. I feel like uh, dogs are proof that God loves us. I think dogs are man's best friend. I, I'm sorry. Uh, for those of you that love cats, we're gonna pray for your salvation and believe that God will deliver you from... I'm, I'm sorry, I said what I said. Uh, but if you've ever had to, uh, had to train a puppy, if you've ever had those moments where you've, you've directed them and, and tried to uh, get them to do what you want, you know that dogs will take to it depending upon how you, how you feed them and, and treats and your relationship with them. They'll, they'll take to it. Cats, they do what they want. You ain't training no cat. No, you ain't. They're training you. That's demonic. That, that ain't happening. No. Uh, one of the coolest moments that you'll have as a dog lover is, is when they understand the concept of fetch. 
You know, when you start playing with them and they actually respond to what it is that you're doing. So you throw a ball or you throw a stick or whatever it may be and they run and grab it. Now, all dogs have this moment where they want you to do it again, but they don't want you to take it out of their mouth, right? Like, I want you to throw the ball. Well, you gotta drop it. That's not happening. Throw the stick. Let it go. Like, not happening. And then when you finally get it out of their mouth and they start grabbing the, you know, grasping the concept of what it means to, to grab something, retrieve it, and bring it back to you and you start rewarding them, there's this awesome transaction that happens where you just start playing together. And I remember you know, there's, there's, a, there's a time where every single dog, dog owner has ever done this where you grab that ball and you fake it one time. And they look and they're, ah, oh, I see you. You, know, you might pump fake it a little bit. And they're sitting here and you just watch them start shaking. Like, come on, right? That moment, they're just trembling in anticipation of what's about to happen. And this is the picture that Isaiah paints for us to unlocking the favor of the Lord. I want you ready for whatever it is that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. I want you in anticipation when you're opening up God's word, ready for something to jump out on the page, ready to do whatever he asks of me. God says, I give those people favor. They catch my eye. I look at every opportunity of their lives to bless them because they're trembling at my word. Trembling anticipation of what I may say. Understand this, that many of us say, yeah, I understand that God may ask me to do something, but I don't feel like I can actually do it. When God says, why don't you let me have this habit? I don't know if I can do that. When God says, why don't you stop looking at this? I don't know if I can, if I can do that. When God says, why don't you cut this out of your life? Why don't you stop returning those calls? Why don't you stop calling her? Why don't you stop texting him? Why don't you walk away from that habit? Why don't you release that to me? Like, Lord, I don't feel like I can. It's just a part of my life. It's a stronghold. Understand this very simple concept that what God asked me to do, he will empower me to do. It's by his strength that I can overcome those things. God will not ask you to do something that he will not empower you to do. But when you begin to step out in faith, when your anticipation begins to take uh, authority over your fears of what I can't do, Remember, there's a powerful scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not your strength. It's his. My job is to be obedient, to be in expectation and anticipation, trembling at his word. God will empower you to do what he's asking you to do. And, and understand this, according to the scripture, um, the Lord says, I've got my eye on you. Now, it is much easier, for those of us that have ADHD, it is much easier to stay on task when you know the boss is watching, right? Some of you, you've had a micromanager, and you're like, I don't like being micromanaged. Yeah, but you stay on task, don't you? Yes, you do. But when the boss is away, when you get free reign after a while, you're like, I'm just going to work at my own pace. It's much easier to stay on task when you know you're being supervised. And the Lord said, these are the people I keep my eye on. I'm watching. It keeps us on task. And I think it's much easier for us to obey when we recognize that there's a reward on the other side. When I know that this is not in vain, but the Lord rewards those who are trembling at his word, who have humility and a, and a contrite spirit. When I know that there's a reward on the other side, it's much easier to do what he's asking me to do. The Lord is looking. The Lord rewards. The Lord gives favor to those who have a broken and contrite heart and who tremble at his word. So I want to share this with you, a couple of thoughts, and then we'll finish up right there. Uh, God gives me the ability to obey him no matter what I'm facing, and there is tremendous blessing on the other side of my obedience. 
I wanna leave that on the screen to make sure that you see that. This is important for us this year. The Lord will empower you to walk away from some things you need to walk away from. I don't need to mention those things. You know what they already are. The Lord's already dealing with your heart. The Lord will empower you to do it. And he's watching as you take a step of faith away from those things. The Lord will empower you. He's watching and he rewards when you're obedient to what he's asking of you. My final thought is this. Mix up a little humility, reverence, and obedience to God's word in this next season and watch what God begins to create with your life. It's beautiful. This is the year of the Lord's favor and I want you to experience all of it. I want you to set your expectations a little higher. I want you to get your hopes up. Get your hopes up that God rewards those who diligently seek him. Get your hopes up that God's favor is available for me and you because of Jesus. Get your hopes up that a little humility and obedience to his word produces great things. That's my word that I have for you today. I believe that um, if you take that, apply it to your life, if you focus on that in this next season, you're gonna experience some awesome things from the table of the Lord. And I want that for you. Can you receive that? Is that okay? As we finish up today, I wanna invite you to bow your head for just a moment. And for those of you watching online, if you enjoyed what you heard today, if you feel like this is a a timely word, do me a favor if you would, click the share button. It's always a, a big compliment to us when you share what God is doing here in Longview with your friends around the world. And uh, it, it means a lot. So if you like this, hit that share button. Don't forget to like and subscribe and comment. We, we wanna have a conversation with you and don't just want you to get lost behind a screen. We, we wanna keep the, the lines of communication open for you. It's always an awesome thing that you bless us and hang out with us for a little bit. And as we bow our, our hearts and heads in and, and reverence to the Lord, we're just gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come, to search us, to show us what to do, to give us direction in this next season. For some of us, there are some things that you need to leave behind. 2023 is gone. This is a new season and a new day. And I don't want you walking into a new season with the old season's anchors around your life. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's time for a fresh start. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you, if you would, to just pray a powerful prayer. It's a timeless prayer. It's simply this, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Show me, Holy Spirit. Show me what to do. Show me how to do it. Show me if there's pride in my heart. Show me if there's areas of my life that I haven't submitted to you. Show me some things I need to leave in the past. I'm trembling in anticipation of your word. Speak to us and we will obey. Father, I pray that you'd bless my friends, that you'd speak to them clearly. I pray that everyone that is watching and listening would respond to you. That our response would be a brokenness, a laying down of our will, a laying down of our pride, a submission to you. You are the authority. You're in charge. And we thank you, Lord, for the favor that's coming as we submit to you. In Jesus' name. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, perhaps you're listening today and you're saying, Pastor, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe like me, you were raised in church, but you walked away from God and you know that you need to come home. If that's describing you, then I wanna give you an opportunity to pray a prayer today to make that right, to come into relationship with Jesus. 
So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want a relationship with Jesus, if you need to come home, pray this with me. I'll tell you what to say. Pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came and died and rose from the grave so that I could have life and so that I could have forgiveness for all of my sins. Please forgive me. Now say this. I give my life to you right now. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. And with heads bowed, if that was you, my friend, would you do me a favor? Would you just look up at me? Would you lift up your hand all across this place and say, I prayed that prayer. That was me. I did. I see you. If you're watching online, hey, we see you as well. We're so proud of you and the decision that you've just made. As a matter of fact, there's a number appearing on your screen right now. I want to ask you, if you prayed that prayer, would you text me? Text the words, I prayed to that number. There's a QR code as well. But if you respond, then we're going to send you some things that will help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. This is important. Your relationship with God is, is just beginning. Let us help you with the next step. That's what we do. And we're proud of you and the decision that you just made. Good for you. For everybody else, would you look up at me and then go ahead and stand to your feet today? It's been such an honor bringing God's word. I'm praying that this is the year of the Lord's favor for you, that you've never seen God's favor upon your business like you're about to see it, that you've never seen God's favor upon your marriage like you're about to see it, upon your children, upon your finances, upon your career and your home. I'm praying that God's, I'm just praying that God's favor is just all over you so that the world and the people that are around you would say, I want what you have. How are you doing this? And you could share with them a long lost recipe, a timeless, true, classic, fantastic principles from God's word that have set your life up to experience the full weight of the favor of God. Let that be your prayer and mine as well. I want to invite our elders and their wives forward. These guys are going to remain standing as the service ends to be able to be available to pray with you about anything that you might need prayer for. It would be a shame for you to come to church needing someone to pray for you and then to leave without getting it. So these people are available and we would love to pray for you. For everyone else, I want to remind you of a couple things. Baptisms are happening today. If you've never been baptized, if maybe baptism wasn't your choice, but your parents' choice, let this be a day where you step into some warm water with us in the midst of the cold season. Let's get that taken care of. It's important. And that's going to happen in third service. Today, we have shorts. We've got t-shirts. Um, we've got towels. We have everything that you need to make today the day where you get that right before the Lord and make a public declaration of the inward change that's happening in your heart. It's good for you. We want you to start off this season by taking that next step that's happening today. For everyone else, let me pray for you and send you out. Father, I pray that you would bless my friends with an incredible year, a year of your favor, following after you, submitting their hearts and their wills and their year to you, their calendar to you, so that they could experience the full weight of your favor. Let it be, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all of us said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome and warm week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.